Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Now some fun. Get your popcorn ready. I'm here, so I won't get fined. It's about the stupid, I gotta say, it's the stupidest thing in sports. No! What? Get your big butt out of here! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Guides podcast, brought to you by fantasyguides.com, Andrew. Did you hear? We are no longer shop fantasy guides. Steven, in a hostile takeover, has now gotten the uh, the URL that he's always dreamed of, fantasyguides.com. What do you think, buddy? I am so proud of Steven for finally and uh, getting that, acquiring that. It, the good old, uh, yeah, like you said, hostile takeover, conquering of the URL that would really should have been ours this entire time. So that's off to you, Steven. Proud of you. That's right. That's a celebration for all of us. Uh, I don't know who makes money off of that, GoDaddy or whoever else, but somebody when he first started the company had that URL, didn't actually have a website or do anything with it, but they just sit on it and then hope someday to get paid out. Um, what a what a weird weird business model, right? <laughs> to just I mean, sit, sit on a bunch of URLs. Funny story. I mean, I somebody, whenever the Rams moved, and I'm a, I'm a St. Louis guy, so it's hit near and dear. Someone immediately hopped on buying the LARams.com once they heard the St. Louis Rams were moving. And so the L, when they were becoming the LA Rams, they relate to the show, and they made Kroenke apparently pay out a huge bag to get that money or to get the URL. And I am so proud of that. I love how this can be abused. <laughs> oh, man. What a silly thing. But at any rate, tonight we are uh, back on the pod to talk a, a few more wide receivers. It's just going to be Andrew and I tonight. Uh, maybe a little bit shorter pod. We'll see, Andrew. You and I can pontificate with the best of them. So we'll, we'll see how <laughs> we do. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit more about that kind of lower tier of wide receivers where we might see some sleepers that we like. And then, uh, and then chat a little bit about tight ends. Tight ends is, it's not like a not exciting position this year. Um, there's definitely some players I like, but there's only like three of them. So it shouldn't take too long to, to get through tight ends. And how does that sound, Andrew? It sounds like a blast. Yeah, we definitely needed to find a way to talk about tight ends and it not take just a 15 minute pod. So we're, we're going to, we're going to work it in. And then next week, Jesse. We finally get to talk combine hype. So I am so excited for this, all this draft season to finally accumulate. Yeah, I love it. I'm getting excited for that as well. As per the usual, uh, whenever we do these breakdowns, a lot of it can change once we get to the combine. And then a ton of it can change once we see draft capital. But we have found through the years, it's really great to know these players, to see which of these players that uh, our group of analysts agree on. We, we tend to, if we all agree on a guy, they tend to usually hit. So we were, we were very high on Puka Nakua last year, for instance, uh, just as a group, all of us. And lo and behold, best rookie season we've seen like just about ever. So really good players. And, and I do think in this lower tier of wide receivers, there are still some playmakers. So I'll, I'll kind of kick it over to you, Andrew, and let you guide us through as you have been the last couple of weeks. Where do you want to go with uh, the rookie wideouts? Yeah. So what we're going to do with this, since there's so many guys and we talk like with the running backs. So we just w- did a few weeks ago, like anybody's guy is, you know, we don't know who's first, who's last, who's second, third. It's all different. So that's kind of how this next huge tier of wide receivers are. I guarantee there's going to be some good guys popping out of this group. So what Jesse and I are going to do is kind of go back and forth, given our takes on which guys are like our favorites out of the, what I'm calling the best of the rest. All the other guys outside the top 10 we haven't talked about. Jesse was ready to keep rolling last pod. We were at like an hour and 20 minutes at that point. So we had to stop. So we do have some guys we're excited about. So Jesse, I'm going to let you kick off. Who's the first of the three guys that you really want to highlight out of this group of about, what is it, like 10, 12? Yeah. Um, And just to throw out some names, we've got Tez Walker, Jalen Polk, Malachi Corley, Roman Wilson, Jalen McMillan, Johnny Wilson, Jermaine Burton, Ricky Pearsall, Brandon Rice, Jamari Thrash, Jacob Cowing. And the list actually, I mean, our, our list of rookies goes on from there. So if you have uh, other guys that you're interested in, they are going to show up on our list. Just scroll down a little further. We've got uh, Tory Horton, um, Javon Baker, J. Michael Sturdivant, Luke McCaffrey, the youngest McCaffrey brother, is entering the NFL. So we, we could go really, really deep. I am going to jump, though, on Roman Wilson as my first player that I'm excited about. Um, I really like 
just the 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 draft profile for speed. I, I think I think I've said this before on the podcast, but as a, as an 18 year old kid coming out of Hawaii, he participated in some camps and he had the fastest 40 recorded of anyone in that particular recruiting class. So I have a feeling he's still going to be pretty fast. Um, and I think when he runs really fast, and then he also did really well at the the Senior Bowl, which is no longer seniors. We talked about that as well, but um, he looked really good in in the practices leading up to that game. And so I think when you put those two things together, playing for a national championship team, um, being a go-to target for J.J. McCarthy when when he really needed it, he was kind of the guy that generally he looked at. And he can catch the ball in tight windows. He's really fast, tight route runner. Um, he's not huge. So I do think that, you know, he'd fit best probably in the slot at the next level. But uh, Roman Wilson is a guy I am excited about in that lower tier. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I absolutely, I knew this was going to be a guy you liked. You've talked about liking him before. He is absolute speed, but he, he's definitely like a, a little guy uh, there in Michigan. And it's hard to get an eye on any of these Michigan guys. I'm a big numbers dude. And Michigan makes judging numbers in the passing game difficult because they don't like to throw the ball. Um, so Justin Herbert, LA Chargers, get excited for that. But yeah, it, Harbaugh liked to run the ball. They ran the ball a lot. Roman Wilson really was the go-to guy this year. Something that rubbed me the wrong way is I like to see these guys dominate. Um, he wasn't the lead receiver in any receiving room he was in until last year. That was the first time he led a receiving room in yards. Um, Cornelius Johnson, not a big name guy, led the team most years. Um, but yeah, he, you can definitely see a lot of good traits there. Definitely a, a smaller dude. Not huge eye-popping numbers. Not going to get that at a Michigan wide receiver. Um, PFF grade, pretty good. Again, that's kind of a big indicator for me this year. I'm really weighing heavy on. We talked about it, especially out of these late-tier guys. Um, PFF was dead on uh, Tank Dell, Puka Nakua, a couple big-name later-round guys last year. And so 81.5 PFF grade, that was 46th in in all of college last year. So still really high up there. I like me some Roman Wilson. I just really think this is a pigeonhole. This is a slot guy, not physical, small dude, really QB friendly, but uh, I can definitely see why you like him, Jesse. Yeah. And he did get a lot thicker during the course uh, of his time at Michigan. So I like him thick. That's right. And, and both him and Quorum were, were not, you know, tall guys by any means. So they needed to put some weight on. And, um, so yeah, so maybe that does take him out of that, like really, really fast 40 time. Cause he did put on some weight. But I don't know. I, I like the 12 touchdowns. You only catch 48 balls, but 12 of them are for touchdowns. That is That's actually crazy. Yeah. That's actually crazy. So he was a kind of the money ball guy for Michigan this last year. And I think in the right system, kind of look and see where he goes. Um, I think he could he could do well. Who's gonna be uh who's gonna be your top guy in this this lower tier? So I think like really any of these guys could go like one, two, three for me. But uh the first one I'm just gonna hit on, he's just the top of my list kind of the higher guy up on the rankings is Tez Walker at a UNC. Um, I just think there's a lot to like there and I've got a type. I have to admit you're, you're, you like your smaller receivers, Jesse. I like my bigger receivers and Tez Walker is, is that he's not huge. I mean, he's six, one, 200, but he's still a lot bigger um, can line up on the outside. He played some years there with uh, Drake may really weird situation. So kind of a map on this guy. He's two years at Kent state does really well in his second year at Kent State, balls out. Uh, then he ha- then he transfers over to UNC, and because of these new transfer rules, we see Tez have to sit out the first couple of games, at least for UNC, doesn't get to play. So that's why some of these numbers don't jump off the page at you. But this dude had some massive games at UNC. Um, I would would have loved to see Drake May get with them more. So you see huge, huge, like he was the number one guy. Um, some big games included against Syracuse, 11 catches, 146 yards, six catches, 132 yards versus Miami, seven catches, 162 yards versus Duke. And he only plays in eight games. That's three of them. He had some insane performances coming out of the Mac. Didn't get much attention. He's still pretty young relative for uh, wide receivers, especially if some of these guys we're going to talk about. So I really like me some Tez Walker. I think he can do a lot, stretch the field, big body guy. I Really like what I see here, Tez Walker. He he has a huge potential. One of the highest potentials out of any of the guys we're going to talk about on this uh, 
kind of list of dudes. What, what are you thinking of Tez Walker? I have I have two red flags with Tez. Um, the first red flag was when he had a complimentary wide receiver. He had a much better season um, in 2022. 58 catches, 921 yards, and 11 touchdowns. That's that's what we're looking for. A thousand yards, almost receiving. That's that's great. Uh, that next year, just about every statistic dropped, and I think that's because they were like, "You need to be the guy now." And I think coverage rolled to him, and I think that affected him. He also was one of the losers from the uh, the Senior Bowl. I guess there was a ton of drops. There were some issues with route running. It was not the best week of getting coached up. So. Um, that that's a little bit of a red flag. Now I know what you like. You like them young. You like them big. I, I see what's going on here. So <laughs> I, I can get on board with it. Um, but that those are just two things that I want to point out. Not like I don't like him, but he did slide down my rankings. There were times when Tez Walker was up in that upper tier um, that we talked about last pod. And, and I think he's, I think he's slid just a little bit and it's, it's tough when a guy starts sliding. Um, Maybe maybe a great forty time or something like that can bail him out. Maybe we'll get like a, just an insane uh, vertical leap or something. He needs he needs something to kind of get him going in the right direction during this next phase of the offseason. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I love to see him come out and have a twenty five percent target share with a quarterback he's hardly ever played with. Um, he was on a thousand yard pace with the minimum uh, smaller amount of games he played, which really would have uh, done big things in that UNC wide receiver room. Yeah. Like me some big, big young men out there running on the football field, gallivanting up and down that old pitch out there. Uh, but Jesse, I'll let you. It's kind of going back and forth like a draft because like after you take one guy, I can't have him. So I'm, I'm worried about who you might take with this next one. So please, <laughs> please, please tell me who you got next. Well, there's there's one guy that Jacob wants us to talk about, but I'm going to go. I'm going to say that you're going to talk about him. So I don't, I don't know if that helps you make a decision. I'm, I'm skipping over that one. We'll see. We'll um, see. Um, I am going to slide down the list a little bit. I, I actually think that Jermaine Burton, uh, could be a bit of a sleeper. He's a guy that started his career with the Georgia Bulldogs and then transferred to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I think he has all the tools to be a really great NFL wide receiver. And he is just somebody that's a little bit under the radar because of that transfer, um, and, but I, I think he's really good. I think that he has a chance to to be great. And um, it was just, it's just interesting that you win a national title at Georgia as one of their kind of leading receivers. And then you transfer over to Alabama um, and then, you know, not quite as crazy numbers as you would want to see when you were talking about guys drafted this high. Um, also not a, not a great breakout age, but he was very, very highly recruited six foot one ninety four out of California and, you know, overall, the career numbers are pretty decent and he caught some deep balls this this past season. And and I think that's what kind of um, got me a little bit more excited is a, is a 20 and a half point yards per catch average. So he did show he could stretch the field in his final season at, at Alabama. So there's my Jermaine Burton pitch. What do you think? Yeah, that was the guy I thought you I was afraid you would take because he seems right up your alley and less so up mine. Um but yeah, so Jermaine Burton, big fan. I like you said, I we want to find reasons why some of these guys are lower and don't get as much hype. And I think you nailed it right in the head, Jesse. A reason this guy is high, is sneaky hiding is because he transferred. And when he transferred to Alabama, Jalen McMillan started throwing him the ball. And it is impressive having seen Jalen McMillan throw the ball that uh Mr. Burton had 798 yards receiving because Jalen McMillan's a great running back. Mil- uh, Milrow, Jalen Milrow. Oh, sorry, sorry. I got receiver brain. Jalen Milrow, Alabama quarterback. You Thank you, sir. But yeah, um, recruited out of high school, four-star recruit, clearly so incredibly talented. Everything I'm seeing on him is agreeing with my what my eyeballs were seeing in terms of other scouting reports. Stupid, insane athlete. He is, I wrote down jitterbug. Absolutely deadly double move. He's like, I, I wrote down my main point on point on him is that he's Jerry Judy, but he catches the ball. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, it's a nice thing to have you to be able to do it, insane route running when he wants to. He gets lazy, he gets weird, he tries really hard to get the highlight reels out of every single thing he does. But he's an insane talent. Some of the guys that he had to compete with, why we didn't see him go huge at Georgia, was he played alongside George Pickens his freshman year, Lad McConkey. 
uh, Adonai Mitchell, who we had in our last episode higher up than him, and Brock Bowers. If that doesn't explain why he's not putting up gaudy numbers, I don't know what will. Like Those are all potentially first-round players that are he all played with. And not to mention, in his sophomore year, he led all receivers at Georgia. And that include having Jermaine, uh, or having Adonai Mitchell there. Brock Bowers led all receiving yards, but he had more yards than uh, Mitchell and Lad McConkey. Both guys, we have higher. And that was at Alabama. I really like our guy, Jermaine Burton. Sorry, I forgot to pull his little slide up here, but oh, that's Mr. Johnny Wilson. But yeah, that was a big guy. I was on, I was hoping to snatch him. I thought I could wait on that one. I'm not greedy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I didn't see, I didn't know. If, I don't, we haven't discussed this beforehand. I didn't know if we'd be on the same page or whatever else. I just think he's a guy that um, has played at a really high level at two SEC schools, but is kind of overlooked because he, you know, wasn't coming out early. Um, you know, the, the numbers are not gaudy. I just think if we're talking sleeper, he's he's kind of right up our alley. So who else you got next, Andrew? All right. I'm having to pivot and panic again because I got a guy towards the bottom, but I think I can hold on to him. So I need to go draft strategy here. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to go right back into my stereotype. One dude that I am a big fan of is the absolute monster out of Florida, straight out of the Everglades. Not a Florida Gator, but Florida State University. Mr. Johnny Wilson. Dude is, you just watch L22 on him and you always know where this guy is. He is six foot six, 237 pounds. I don't, I don't know what they're feeding him, uh, but it is, I need to get me some of it because this dude is absolutely huge. His long arms absolutely snatch everything. But again, Johnny Wilson out of Florida State, he is 22 years old. He is a four year junior. Last year, he didn't put up gaudy numbers. But he did 41 uh, receptions for 617 yards. Uh, Would have done more. But again, I like these guys who are pushed down the board because there's talent around them. A la DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, a la Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. These guys competing with each other. I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnny Wilson, big guy, huge. I think he's a tight end. This isn't a wide receiver. This is a tight end. All right, but don't get it wrong. Um, but I absolutely love you some Johnny Wilson. Uh, I'll talk more about him, but what are you thinking of Mr. Johnny Wilson there, uh, Jesse? So do you have any contacts or pull over at Sleeper? Or, Absolutely or at, or none. No, or they, don't, they, have, they don't know who I am. Because here's here's my thing. If we could tag him WR slash TE, <laughs> then, then I would be interested right now. And I, I wrote a big, long article on why you know, there is just not a lot of Drake May height type wide receivers that end up being very fantasy relevant. And I wrote that back when Drake May was coming out. He ended up being like one inch shorter. And then it was like, okay. And then we all got on board. And I was still like, I don't know. I just don't know if he's quick enough to like create separation, and everything else. That's how I feel about Johnny Wilson. You know, he's listed at six seven on some websites, six six, two thirty set. That is a big, big wide receiver but not that much production. And he, he's just not that dangerous in the open field. And so you're talking about a guy that should be really dangerous in the red zone. And let, let's look at the touchdown numbers there Two, He caught two touchdowns when they got down to the red zone. They threw the ball to Keon Coleman. They did not throw it to the six, seven wide receiver, which I don't know. Maybe that's just like bad coaching. I'm not sure why you aren't throwing it to that type of guy, but um, it just, it reminds me too much of this, this Drake may thing where it was this big, tall, slow wide receiver. Um, so I don't know. I, he's actually a guy that I am avoiding. So we're, we're actually going kind of opposite direction. You, you actually chose some of my red flag guys. So you're leaving, you're leaving the board wide open for me for my last pick too. But no, I, I, I just, He's just such a abnorm, uh, anomaly for the wide receiver position. We haven't really seen it before. And, you know, we are data guys, data, 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 data. You know, who was the last receiver at that size that ended up, you know, being super fantasy relevant? It's just really hard to find. It's really hard to find. And he was not Mike Evans, you know, like when you watch Mike Evans at Texas A&M, he just took over games. This guy did not take over games. I never felt like he was just taking over games. Um, I do like that 20.9 yards per catch in 2022 and the five touchdowns and a 78 yarder, you know, that, that makes me feel like there's some wheels there, but 
just like you said, the Florida State offense left some some stuff to be desired this past season. It was terrible. Part part of it was that they were just really really leaning on their defense. Um, they got a few defensive players that are going to go in the first couple rounds, so they were really leaning on that. But um, no, you're you're going to be alone in your your Johnny Wilson love this time, Andrew. Sorry about that, buddy. Yeah, I really didn't plan on it making him one of my top three here, but uh, the Jermaine Burton thing forced my hand, and more than anything. <laughs> This dude's just fun. He is such a fun prospect to, to look at, to acknowledge here. And my one of the reasons I, I you know, I really sneakily think he could do things is, again, that 20.9 yards per catch tells me he can stretch the field. It looks He looks slow doing it because he's so stupid big that his strides are enormous. He doesn't look fast. Um, I'll talk about a guy later who is really small and looks like he's quick, but he's not as quick as uh, maybe as Johnny Wilson, uh, you know, long speed. But he absolutely dominated Florida before Keon Coleman got there. I mean, he had 897 yards and the next highest in that room. Uh, let me look at it real quick. Like 300 yards, 400, a 500 yard guy. So he's lapping everyone else in that wide receiver room. I want to see dominance when they have the opportunity. Still decent production relative to the wide receiver room, uh, to the offense when Keon Coleman was there. I think there's something sneaky good here about Johnny Wilson and heck. Put him in the slot. Let him play tight end. He's the same height as Kyle Pitts. Absolutely love it. Jesse, oh, tell me. Oh, sorry. More, any more about Wilson? Are you ready for your uh, next I, guy? I'm just like I said, let's get him that tight end tag. And then yeah. I'd be way more excited because I like those freakish wide receivers playing tight end, right? We can so, dream. Never know. You never know. All right. My last my last one here. I am going to go. Uh, we were just with Florida State. I'm going I'm to go to rival. I'm going to go over to Florida and talk Ricky Pearsall. I like it. He's another guy that um, watch the highlights because the highlights are fun. This guy made some uh, some he made the Sports Center top ten a few times with just insane catches. So body control, uh, catch radius, and just using one hand to come down with stuff. He made some really exciting stuff happen this past season for the Florida Gators. He's right around a thousand yards receiving, not as many touchdowns as you'd like to see. But you talked about a dismal uh, offense at Florida State. They had nothing on the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators were awful offensively. Um, as soon as they lost Anthony Richardson, a lot of playmaking went out the door. They, they tried running with a kid named Graham Mertz out of Wisconsin. Just did not ever really uh, get the the train rolling there in Florida. But still a decent season. Um, also, I was <laughs> while we were sitting here, I had to go over to his stats because I was like, I saw him throw a touchdown at Arizona State. I'm almost positive. <laughs> And I went and looked, yeah, 2021, he was two for two, 100% completion percentage, 59 yards and a touchdown pass. So there you go. Let's you know, get that QB slash wide receiver tag on him. Yeah, that's it. That's a 512 <laughs> QB rating. So, Oh, big I'm time. Saying, if you want to do a little uh, pop screen pass, Ricky Pearsall <laughs> is your guy, you know. Uh, he also had a really good senior bowl. So I know, you know, I'm kind of sticking to some senior bowl guys, but when they're older like this, the guy, guy, you know, was in college for five years. You do want to see him uh, performing well when they get to those types of things. And uh, he did look, look well at that, I guess. And he's done some returning. He could be your punt returner as well. If, if you needed a guy to do that. So we're getting down in that area where you're, you know, you're hoping a guy makes a team as kind of a gadget guy, something else. Um, he might be able to catch on just because he is very experienced and he can play. I think he could play inside or outside and he's very accomplished route runner. So that's that. I think that's my, uh, my last one there. Yeah, it's a great one. A lot of these guys are getting in the muck of your numbers weren't great. Why? And again, Ricky Pearsall's got an interesting case to to talk about because in uh, 2019, well, okay, we'll start off with this one big red flag on this man is in 2019. He overlapped a year with Brandon Ayuk and Brandon Ayuk is about to get ready for his, uh, you know, second contract in the NFL. <laughs> so Mr. Pearsall is uh, 23 years old, uh, going on 65. So a little bit up there in age. Um, but in 2019, makes sense. There's good receivers in the Arizona State room in his freshman year. Didn't play much. Then he gets hurt in 2020 in COVID and it's just a hot mess. So that's going to be a big explanation for maybe some of these guys not taking off. But first normal year, 2021, when you expect to see a jump, he had it. He led Arizona State in, in receiving yards in 2021. 
And that was a room that had Johnny Wilson in it, a guy I just talked about liking. So it wasn't just nothing there. Um, and then he goes on and he leads Florida in receiving yards in 2022 and 2023. Uh, looking at my graphic there of that sit catch he's making, the absolute play of the year. He gets better every single year, and that's what you want to see with this guy. Like you said, to, honestly, body control insane. My two favorite traits, hands, body control. He's got both. I really think there is a lot of upside here. He's going to go in the third, fourth round. Keep an eye on him. I, I really do like this Ricky Pearsall uh, call of yours, Jesse. All right. Where are you going with your last one here? My last one. And this is completely bucking the trend I've talked about so far. A young man I just was getting into today. And that is Mr. Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. At least, you know, out of Arizona for his last year. Uh, Cowing right before he was in Arizona for... His end of his career, he was at UTEP for three years. And this guy just put up big numbers wherever he went. Um, Cowing, absolutely, for firstly, little guy. And this is usually a big red flag for me. Like his numbers pulled up here. Little guy this small, usually not a huge fan of. Um, I, I don't even think those are, you know, th- these are lying numbers this size. <laughs> yeah, I have on here. He is smaller than that. He's more like, we're going to have a Wandale situation here. This dude's like five nine on a good day hopefully you know and he's 185 pounds soaking wet with concrete in his shoes so fun fact you can lie about your your size uh like you're a a 30 year old woman uh trying not to get uh you know outed in uh public but he, he puts up huge numbers wherever he goes he leads utep in receiving yards all three of his first uh all three of his first years he goes on to arizona and he doesn't lead them in yards but we see other big name talents in Arizona to kind of cl- uh, cloud up that room. One guy, Dorian Singer, leads them in yards just barely at Arizona in 2022. Um, he then transfers to USC. USC ain't taking a guy if he ain't some kind of top fledged talent. They can pick the cream of the crop there. Then in 2023, we see him again, not quite lead the team in receiving yards. He had the most receptions, but we have a guy, and I am going to absolutely butcher this, Jesse. Let me know if you know this young man. Um, let's see. Tetaroa McMillan. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Exactly what I was going to say. Um, yeah, he, he might be, uh, going into this next class. Somebody, he might be one of your kind of top two round wide receivers. He looks really, really good, really highly recruited. So yeah, being able to produce in the same room as him is a big deal. Yeah. And he, and again, he was a slot receiver, high receptions, low yardage. That's what he's going to do. But dude, he was darn good at it. 28% target share is peak year. Let's see. Mr. McMillan there was the 13th highest graded receiver in all of college last year, according to PFF. Not upset he finished behind him. So Cowing, really jittery slot guy, super fast. Tavon Austin-esque in a way. And the way this dude can move, it's insane. Not super high top end speed, but this is a little slot guy I think I can get myself into, especially with the big numbers he put up. Jesse, what do you think of Mr. Cowing? I you're you're cut now you're talking my kind of jam. Okay. I, I thought see, I thought we were gonna go right down the list and you were gonna choose young, big wide receivers, and I was gonna choose all the old little fast wide receivers. I just I thought that, but here you go. Coming <laughs> over to the dark side. That's what I like. Uh no, I mean the guy's a playmaker, and they they you you like to see that they're trying to get the ball in his hands, and you can just look at the numbers and see that that's happening. You can watch the highlights. He catches the ball and he makes plays. Um, 13 touchdowns. That's awesome. That's a, a great statistic to have. That Arizona Wildcats offense, No, nobody was expecting them to be as good as they were. Um, hats off to that coaching staff, which is now at, at Washington. Don't know if you know that, but they, they ended up stealing away the uh, coaching uh, the coaching staff from Arizona is now the Washington Huskies coaching staff. That's a good sign. But, yeah, they uh, I like him. I, th- I think when you're looking sleepers, I like guys that produce. I like guys that can go in and, and again, find a way to give him the ball, gadget player. Uh, he had some carries at UTEP, right, where they're trying to hand him jet sweeps and things like that because they're just trying to get him the ball any way they could. So I do like Cowing. I do like Cowing. Now, I we got we to gotta talk one more guy, though. We do. We had, we had one job here. <laughs> I, I thought you would take Jacob's guy, but you didn't. So I had to we, let him go. We got to jump into Malachi Corley. Uh, Jacob was adamant. This is his, I believe he's calling him his Puka Nakua for this draft class because Jacob was 
big on Puka last year. Um, he led the charge early. I mean, it was this time last year that uh, Jacob was writing stuff about Puka. So take his word for it. Uh, for sure. I mean, he was reading my Instagram and that's how he knew his name. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? So, but I, I won't take credit for it though. He he was the <laughs> one that really did the research, really jumped into there. I do think uh, Jacob and I agree on Malachi Corley as a playmaker. And, and he didn't tell me why he loves him. But I think some of the reasons he might is he's a yak guy. And I think I think Jacob has a thing for yak. I think it's like a uh, it's a little fetish of Jacob's. What do I you think, think it's an illness yakking. <laughs> but he had a ton. I mean, put up just tons of yardage, tons of receptions. He played out of the slot 92 percent of the time. So this is a guy that that's where he's going to be the most comfortable at the next level. He's not super tall, but he's thickly built. Um, his PFF stats, you know, his, his overall grade, I don't know if that's his overall grade. I'm seeing a receiving grade of 83. His contested catch rate was 23.5%. So not great there. Um, but his grade versus man coverage was 81.4. So the guy can get open against the man and it's, it's just, he's just an explosive playmaker. So he's a physical guy. He catches it. He turns into a running back once he catches the ball. And I believe that that's, um, that's going to be why Jacob. That was Jacob's guy for this whole next group. So had to, had to throw that in there. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a guy I am excited about. I was going to let Jacob take him and run with him because he is absolutely exciting. 5'10", 215, he, that is literally just a running back. That is bigger than a lot of running backs in the NFL. Like Jameer Gibbs wishes he was 5'10", 215. Um, so, and young guy too. I, I think it's disgusting that he was on Western Kentucky. I cannot think of a guy who's less suited to play on that Western Kentucky offense because they're air raid, throw the ball down the field. And this guy wants to turn around five yards, catch a ball and go. Um, if we're talking about like, it's just the comp everyone wants to throw out now, Debo. We had a bunch of Debo's last year. It's going to be a Debo in every single class, but this dude legitimately looks like a running back. Like this could be another Debo situation. Obviously Debo's insane. Potential Hall of Fame career if he can keep putting up numbers. Maybe Malachi Cordley's not that. But he put up some stupid numbers there at Western Kentucky. So, yeah, a guy definitely glad we talked about. We'll see uh, where the draft type goes with a lot of these guys because a lot of them are going in the third round. So we'll see where they land. You ready to talk some uh, tight ends there, Jesse? I'm not. I got You got to let me You got to let me have just a little bit more receiver time here. All right, I'll let you cook. Okay, I'll lay Andrew. off. Okay, Andrew. No, my, my just closing thoughts on wide receivers, I don't know what I think of Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan. Um, They were obviously very good at Washington. I think that draft capital will play a big role in that. I I think that, you know, McMillan was supposed to be the guy and he actually was hurt most of the season. So then Jalen Polk really popped off. And then when they had all three of them, you know, that was a very, very dangerous offense. But I just, I don't know which one of those two is going to be the guy. Maybe they both are. Um, but I'm, I'm not like concerned or anything. I just, I just don't know what I think of those players. I guess I have a hard time figuring out where in the pecking order to rate them. So I do think draft capital will play a big role. Um, I saw an article where Brendan Rice, that, that the San Francisco 49ers took him in the third or fourth round. Think about that. That would be very cool. I mean, they have this whole, uh, kind of family thing going on already with the uh, Christian McCaffrey and Shanahan being in there. Just think about adding Jerry Rice's son to the 49er wide receiver room. I think that could be a very fun story. I think he's really good. I think he's underrated a bit as well, which it seems like, you know, a, a guy being Jerry Rice's son, there'd be a ton of pub about him, <laughs> but there, there's not really. Um, he started his career at Colorado, so we got to watch him here as our best player on a really, really bad team. Yeah, that's why no one knew who he was. He was pre Dion yeah, Colorado. Definitely. And then, you know, then transferred to USC and just kind of took off from there as well. As you might imagine, being Jerry Rice's son, really, really dangerous on the slant. So, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jamari Thrash was our last guy there. I don't know a ton about him coming out of Louisville. Um, I do know that he, he put up huge numbers the last two seasons, right around 1,000 yards. He's a nice size guy. Um, I didn't get to watch a ton of Louisville down. The, I watched him down the stretch in the ACC championship, but um, not a guy that I know a ton about. So um, 
have to watch some highlights and stuff on that. And then if we're going deep, deep sleeper, I know, you know, this is maybe not that uh, interesting of a take, but we're like 22 deep right now. And you're yeah. ready to keep going. This guy's no, a madman. Just, just one more Luke McCaffrey. <laughs> I watched him quite a bit at rice actually. And he was their best player by far. He was a guy that started his career as a quarterback. Um, he was at Nebraska. It kind of looked like he was going to be the guy. And, um, man, I'm trying to remember who well, if it was, I think it was Adrian Martinez came in and kind of took the reins of that quarterback room. And so Luke McCaffrey transferred out, he transferred to Louisville for like two days and then he transferred <laughs> down to rice, um, because his brother had a great relationship with the, now the head coach at rice was the offensive coordinator when, when Christian McCaffrey was at Stanford. So, you know, they had some they had some uh, history there as a family. He's good, dude. It's, it's not just a name thing. So as you get way down this list and you're like, where am I throwing this, this dart in the fourth round, fifth round of my rookie draft? Why not take the last of the McCaffrey brothers? Um, he was a, a pretty exciting player for the rice owls and uh, very, very highly recruited out of Colorado. So just, just throwing that out there. There you go there. I'm done. I got <laughs> I, that's all I have to say about receivers. You know, I was a receiver, played receiver for like 17 years or something like that. So I get very excited about this position, but I'm, I'm finally done. Finally done, Andrew. You can take me wherever you want to take me now. And for our, for our listeners at home, you, you see Jesse's, uh, is, is type at wide receiver, small guys, uh, <laughs> at, at, at some of these schools, uh, Jesse is, uh, standing very tall at, uh, five ten. Hey, don't, they, they can't tell that from the YouTube <laughs> thing right there. I I look huge they, he, they have no idea he's six no, four five ten five ten in my wife's heels which I, <laughs> I don't wear out you know so no i i i do like those smaller fleeter foot wide receivers because i was a slot guy for sure <laughs> hey we give love to the small guys we saw some small guys ball out last year it's no problem yeah big wandale guy i am but uh tank, let, tank dell tank dell is easy that's tank and i are the the same size i think See, I don't even think he's that short. I think he was like 5'10". He's just stupid skinny. He's like my size, which is not good. You don't want to be my size in the NFL. That's a bad thing. I don't know if you've watched uh, Braxton Berrios play, but that that's my <laughs> that's my doppelganger. That's that's I am Braxton Berrios. They we're about the same. Although you know the other one is I I say that all the time, and then I saw his girlfriend, and I was like, no, I am not him. He <laughs> is uh, his his girlfriend or his wife. I don't know if you saw him on. Uh, was one of the uh hard knocks hard knocks she's yep. like supermodel i was like geez so yeah no, i think it's the hair right he, he's got me in the hair category but on that's the field on the field that that's how i looked very similar yeah I, they just needed to get their recruiting out there into into colorado schools get that's right there. that's right well moving on from these smaller guys and uh we're gonna get into the big boys some some bigger uglies, uh, not quite offensive linemen, not full big uglies, but some tight end, half big ugly. Um, and honestly, like I was talking to my friends about this. I think it's a red flag if a tight end's too pretty. Like Travis Kelsey is the exception. Like you want a TJ Hawkinson or like a George Kittle looking dude, they're not, they're not, they're not pulling Taylor Swift. Let's just say that. All right. And but they're excellent. Um, but first guy here, bell of the ball. This tight end class, it's just just one name. You need to know really one name. We'll talk about the rest, but there is one dude you cannot leave today not knowing, and that is Brock Bowers, Georgia tight end. Uh, phenomenal, huge production. Jesse, I'll let you tell more to the people about him. Really, the only red flag anyone has on this guy is that he's a little bit undersized. You see the picture of him standing next to Gronk? Yeah, I did see that one. <laughs> well, undersized, but that he's a re- he's a receiver. Right. We just talked about Johnny Wilson being a tight end and, uh, you know, playing the wrong position. We've got we've got a receiver playing the wrong position and this guy. But this guy is going to get the T.E. tag. I think he's the best tight end fantasy tight end that we've seen ever. I think he's the best prospect ever at this position for playing fantasy football. He came in in 2021 as an 18 year old kid. And scored 13 touchdowns for the national championship winning Georgia Bulldogs. He was their best player as an 18-year-old kid. It it was insane to me to watch that and just see how talented this guy was. 
they found ways like people will talk about Kyle Pitts. How many jet sweeps did they give to Kyle Pitts in that Florida offense? Like not enough. Yeah. Jet sweeps, <laughs> dude, to a tight end that you just don't see that because this guy is a running back. He is a wide receiver. He just has that tight end tag. So I couldn't be more excited about this player. I think that in non superflex, I think that you could take him as the second player. I don't Ooh. think that that's that insane because you're talking about taking a young Travis Kelsey and we have seen the value that Travis Kelsey has had over the course of his career. Now he probably won't be playing in a chief's offense and everything else, but he is that type of talent. The red flag, if you want to find a red flag in, in the, uh, maybe, like I said, best tight end prospect we've seen, he was hurt a lot. Um, I think part of the reason he was hurt a lot is we talked about this with Will Shipley, the running back from Clemson Tigers. There's no running out of bounds. There's no like turning it down a little bit. This guy catches the ball and he's trying to score and kill everyone <laughs> that he sees on every single play. So, you know, he does need to figure out how to protect his body. Um, they, he, there was a, a, a time in, we were about, I don't know, about halfway through the season where there were people that had him as their Heisman front runner, which that's just not a normal thing that you see is a tight end up for the Heisman trophy. And then he ended up, uh, he ended up hurting his ankle, like doing a pretty bad, I think, I don't know what he did, but it was, he had to do that, like the tightrope surgery, oh, yeah. Yeah. right. That, that is becomes the the thing too. I think Tua had to do it too. Um, so he got that tightrope surgery. He came back and he was still effective even after that. But that's the only reason that you don't see those numbers being more, even more astronomical is there was one, two, three, four games each season where, where he was on the sidelines and you don't like seeing that. You need the guy to be healthy and in fantasy, you need to, him to be out there producing, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk landing spots on a future pod, but boy, if he goes to the right spot with a, with a quarterback that can deliver the, get him the ball, it seems like the sky's the limit with this guy. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you can, again, size, you can try to find your red flags, but this dude's just a big wide receiver and we are seeing more and more often. I'm going to put my NFL fandom nerd hat on. Um, th- this guy in, in this new NFL, it, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and these McVeighian, Shanahanian offenses. We see these f backs, they call them, who are kind of slot wide receivers, but they'll also shove them in like a tight end role in the backfield sometimes and run a route out of it. And he is so made for that. Like you could make him play Puka Nakua's position on the Rams next year, and I think he'd probably do what but Puka but Puka Nakua just did. Um, he's insane. He's going to play all over the field. He really is. Uh, I don't know if you just said this, but I I've heard that like Travis Kelsey Jr. Travis Kelsey light that that is this dude. Like he actually is that good. We should get that excited for him. Brock Bowers get excited for some of the landing spots. As you mentioned, he's going top 10 often, if not top 15. So teams, let me know how excited you are about these. Jesse, tell me which ones you'd most want to see him on. I'll go that route. So I'm seeing him off often. Number five, to the Chargers, number nine, potentially, to the Bears. I guess that'd be a little bit of a weird one with uh, DJ Moore already there. But uh, number 12 to your Broncos. Or we'll finish off with number 18 to your Bengals. And I'm going to throw in at 15 to my Colts because I've seen that a couple times. Which one would you most want to see? I don't think there's any way he makes it to 18, but imagine him with Joe Burrow. You know, like, like that's the type of just weapon that you, you throw into that offense that opens everything else up. Um, I don't think he lasts that long, but maybe you see a team like the Bengals move up and get him because a team like the Bengals may only be a weapon like that away from being really, really dangerous, right? Like opening everything else up. I also, that chargers thing, God, that feels high, but, but if he goes there and you have Justin Herbert, um, the only thing is, is Harbaugh is such a boring offensive guy generally that um, I just don't know if he does all the moving and flexing and all the different things because, you know, that if we're poking holes in his game, really it's like blocking, run blocking. Yeah. You know, his run, run blocking grade was a 62, his pass blocking grade 71. We want this guy catching balls. His receiving grade was 87. You know, his total grade was an 84, second highest graded player on PFF. So, 
We want him catching the ball. We want him in an offense where they're using him creatively. I don't know if Harbaugh is that guy for that. Really? I don't, we have to go back and kind of look at some of those San Francisco years. Um, if he was finding ways of getting the tight end, the ball, I don't really remember in Big college Vernon Davis, Vernon Davis in eh, San Francisco. Okay. With yeah. So I guess he, he would move Vernon around. Vernon would line up out wide and stuff like that. That's where this guy needs to be. He needs to be somewhere different on every play. You just need to be using him as a weapon all over the field. Um, so that, that's what I want to see. Did you have any favorites on that list, Andrew? I, th- I, okay. Selfishly, I think, I think my Colts, I want him there. And, and it's because I'm a Colts fan, but also again, what this guy needs to be in is this compact creative system where you can kind of run these. Don't, don't spread them wide. Do not do that with Mr. Brock Bowers. I don't think it's going to optimize him. Rams did this. Colts do this. And Harbaugh with Greg Roman does this, put him in tight, make him not always in the tight end position, but then like you said, motion him around. Uh, get him running these quick outs, fake block, get him in, get him out. Oh, he'd be so good with Shane Steichen. I've seen way too many balls thrown to Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson and Drew Mallory. I'm over it. Throw those to Brock Bowers and the Colts are beating the stupid Texans. Darn you, Texans. Darn you. <laughs> I will say Sean Payton loves him some Adam Troutman. And Brock, Bow- Brock Bowers is light years ahead. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham. From, I know, you know, so there there's, and he moved him all over the place and found ways to get him the ball. I, I just want Bo Nix so bad that I'd rather have Bo <laughs> Nix at that pick, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, if, if Brock Bowers falls all the way to the Broncos that I feel like they got to jump on that, man, he, uh, nothing against my guy from UCLA with the long hair. I don't remember his name. His name's evading me right now, but uh, Brock Bowers would be an, an, a weapon in a, in a, uh, in a Sean Payton offense. That's for sure. Oh, you're thinking of Dulcich? Yeah. Greg Dulcich. Yep. yep. And we'll have to see, we'll have to beg Casey if we have permission to take this guy in the first round, tied it in the first round, but uh, another tight end, we are not taking in the first round, but a dude who would get hype in a normal, like meh tight end season this year with Bowers and last year with those insane tight ends, not normal. This guy is more of your normal tight end one in a season. And uh, it's Jatavian Sanders, really good receiving tight end out of Texas. Not huge again, 6'3", 252. Again, mighty fine size, real young, competing in Texas in a really good offense, but with potential uh, first-round receivers surrounding him. What are you thinking of Jatavian Sanders there, Jesse? I really like him, and I really like his current value. Uh, We'll have to see how that fluctuates you know, after the draft happens and where he goes and how that looks and everything else. But, you know, we're talking about a guy in like the third round right now, you know, if we're looking at where, where our players are currently lined up in um, our draft rankings, I think that's a tremendous value. And, and I think there's nothing but kind of questionable running backs in that area. You you know, you start getting into the like, that that's kind of our tier where we start jumping down and running backs where we're like, I don't really know what we're getting into with running backs. Questionable There's, is nice. <laughs> yeah. There are still some very good receivers, but I do think that where he's going, cause he's not going to have to be that super expensive pick that Casey doesn't like in the first round. I will tell you, Casey has given the stamp of approval. The, uh, the commandments don't count for Brock Bowers. He's, <laughs> Excellent. he's a wide receiver. He is, he has changed the commandments, but yeah, end of the second round, early in the third round, you're like, I don't know. I've got, you know, these running backs, Marshawn Lloyd, I'm not sure about. I've got these wide receivers that, you know, it's like which ones of these guys are going to be the guy. I think Jatavian Sanders in the right situation could be really good. He could be a nice, I mean, sleeper is kind of the wrong word as the second tight end off the board. Um, but I like him a lot. The The Texas offense is very, very creative with how they use um, their tight ends and their wide receivers and they're running everybody. I think Sarkeesian is kind of an offensive genius. He's awesome. He he did a really great job of moving him all around. So the guy's going to have experience standing up. He's going to have experience catching uh, slants. He's going to have experience catching screen passes, little tight end screens. He did all sorts of stuff in that offense. And in the open field, he does not look like a big lumbering tight end. He looks like a playmaker. So I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm right with you there. Jatavian Sanders could be a tight end one in other classes. This is not that class. Uh, a guy that I very much like just because of his uh, 
having seen him on the field, he stands out. Uh, Mr. Cade Stover out of Ohio State. Like, he always wears that, like, Gronk robot arm. And he looks like, uh, God, who's the old actor? Uh, Gladiator. Um, slip in my mind. See, you guys get it with players. I get it with actors. I, I don't know actors very well. You're know talking about how a gladiator lead actor, Russell Crowe. Yes, like young, he reminds me Russell of Crow. <laughs> Russell Crowe from Gladiator specifically. Yeah. This dude looks like an absolute warrior out of there, out of Ohio State. Uh, 23 year old, been there for a few years. The I refuse to. I put their declare year on there. Uh, the site I was using was trying to call him a five year junior. Like that mm. is not how that works. You <laughs> like you can technically be one. You're not a five year junior, but older guy, normal tight end prospect. What do you think of Cade Stover? I actually really like Cade Stover too. This this is where my tight ends, my my love of tight ends ends. You know, after this, yeah. I don't I don't know that there's really anybody else um, that I see becoming a starter in the NFL. The reason Cade Stover is intriguing. Again, we're talking value. And this is, this is way down. This is even further down the list. Now. Um, the reason that he's intriguing is that he is actually very new to the tight end position. Um, mm. he was recruited as a defensive end at Ohio state and, um, he was doing so well at practice. They were like, we need to get this guy on the field. Well, I don't know if you know this about Ohio state. They just have blue chip defensive ends Everywhere. just lined up around the corner. Bosa's, so they were like, both of them, Chase yep. Young, yep. I mean, it just goes on and on. They got Jack Sawyer, another guy this this next season that's going to be a top five pick probably. They just keep coming up with them. So they're like, hey, let's kick this guy out to Dan and try and teach him the position. So it's really only the last two. He's, he has like two years of tight end experience. So if he goes to a situation where where a team can coach him up, he's he's a lot like those other guys. He's Again, he's not this great big giant lumbering guy. He is a athlete, you know, and, and he is still learning the position. So I think he's pretty cheap, you know, that late in the draft. And if, if you're, if you need tight end help and he looks like he's going to a spot where he could kind of be that second tight end, right. Slide into a, a special teams role, slide into a role where he's going to be used um, in specialty positions as a tight end. I just, I, I like his attitude and I, I think his backstory is really interesting and I think he could be a good player. Yeah, I mean, the defensive end linebacker thing for him, it makes so much sense because that's just what he looks like out there. Um, I'm going to kind of pace through these last couple guys because this is where we do not get exciting. I had to scrounge and really pick who would be in the top five because I wanted a round number. Um, we get to Jaheim Bell. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Not going to lie to you. Jaheim is how I heard it, I think. Jaheim, I mean, this is a guy we're looking, I mean, fifth, sixth round maybe. This is not a deep tight end class. Uh, six foot three again, a smaller receiving wide receiver again. And that's terrible. How is Florida State this bad? Why were they that bad on offense last year with all these guys we keep talking about? But I, a six three, two thirty nine, twenty two years old. What do you know about Jaheim Bell? He he was a playmaker for that group. Um, I just I just don't know if he's going to be that at the next level. Um, don't have a, a ton to talk about because I don't think that he's really a target for me. Uh, ben Sinnott is another guy. He, he actually was more of a, like a fullback slash tight end, uh, use check kind of guy for Kansas state. I mean, if he went to like the 49ers and they cut use check, maybe that would be interesting, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like these guys down the list. Now you're kind of like, I don't know which one's standing out. Nesbit from North Carolina, not really interested in the next guy I had on the list was Theo Johnson. It's just a blocking tight end. He's huge. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Yep. And I, I, he might get drafted higher because I do think that he has a role in the, like as a blocker, but again, just not none of those guys. Am I really targeting? So I do think those top three we talked about um, are, are kind of worth targeting. I will say if somebody falls in love with Jaheim bell, that, that might be an interesting one. I, he could work his way up into our, you know, third tight end. I think those top two are really the ones if, if you're really hurting and you need somebody that you, you hope is like playing this next year, pulling a, uh, you know, looking like one of these Iowa tight ends that plays right away. I, I think it's really just those first two guys. So you, you may want to, you know, jump on those when you have the opportunity, cause it, it kind of falls off after that for sure. Yeah. I would, I would not be convincing yourself outside of Brock Bowers um, that somebody's going to like, we had to, we had a first round tight end last year and we had then we had Mike Mayer go right after him and Sam Laporta went not long after like 
this is not that class. Do not expect those guys to come around anymore. Um, so yeah, have your expectations set correct. Wide receivers, though, that is that is our gold mine. Second round, third round, just wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Ignore running back. It's non-existent in this draft class. Get you some bowers, get you some receivers, and get you some quarterbacks. Uh, Jesse, any lasting uh, last thoughts with any of these prospects we're talking about? I was trying to scroll real quick through, you know, just really deep tight end rankings. I just, I don't think there's anything we need to really get too excited about. Is uh, you, you let me talk more about wide receivers. Very, very deep. I, I think it's such a deep class that, you know, maybe we talk a little bit of draft strategy stuff, or I, I might do a post or something like that. But for me, it's kind of feeling like whatever third and fourth round picks you have, you should just be getting wide receivers because when they are this good, you know, there's going to be like a Tory Horton from CSU. That guy was really good at CSU. He's he's right on the cusp of like not even getting drafted in a rookie draft, right? So it's but it's like these guys are still. You follow the blue, the blue all the way down. You've got so many good receivers. I think you just receiver, receivers here. My only other thought, this was, this was random. Um, and this came, I was listening to, uh, I think it was JJ Zacharyson has a, he has a, a decent podcast for fantasy football too, every once in a while. And he was talking sleeper running backs. And the, the first thing that I thought was interesting is he basically said that no running backs in this class hit his model that he's created <laughs> for, for being like, an impact fantasy player at the next level. (laughs) It's the first draft class he's ever done where that's happened. I thought that was really interesting, but it's funny because his highlights when, when he was doing it were actually these small school running backs. And it just got me. I don't, I have no basis for this other than just a feeling. It's like when you have a draft class where there's just no big names out there, is this the draft class where we see a Frank Gore from Southern miss or a Dylan Lauby from New Hampshire become a starting running back in the NFL, right? Is it, is it like, should we look a little more at these small school guys because it's just not top heavy, right? Even if they get competition from somebody within their draft class, they could go beat those guys out. So um, just, that was just one thought I had this week that I wanted to throw into the pod is that, uh, you know, we've talked about it. We, we can give you grades. This is an A plus quarterback class. It's about a C minus running back class. I think it's an A plus wide receiver class and then a B tight end class. You've got really just those three guys. So um, yeah, that should inform the way that you approach your draft. I really do think you should just be hammering receivers and, and yeah, maybe uh, maybe one of these free agent small school running backs. I know Frank Gore had some really interesting um, statistics coming out of Southern Miss. So maybe he's got to keep an eye on, but I'm just throwing that in at the end. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that. Um, as you were talking, I pulled up a list of free agent running backs, and I, I knew it was going to be a, a, a deep class this year of re- free agent running backs. I'm guessing that's where we're going to see a lot of uh, those roles filled, some free agents this year, and I really don't see many of these guys going back to their old homes. We have Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Saquon. They just said they're not really going to tag him. Austin Eckler, Cordero Patterson, Gus Edwards, Zeke Elliott, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, Deontay Foreman. That's a lot of J.K. Dobbins. A lot of really good free agent running backs. So that might be a good strategy this year. Uh, throw throw you a dart at one of those guys. Zeke Elliott, shoot, if he could end up in Baltimore and now all of a sudden he's a starter there because you're not getting anyone at the draft this year. It's terrible. But uh, yeah. for another pod. No, I, I think you're right. Um, is your boy Saquon going to go to Houston? Wouldn't, wouldn't I, that be? I am I am so hopeful for it. Oh, what's I, the other one? I still got him. I still got him in Dynasty. So I would, man, I would love to see him paired with a young stud like CJ Stroud that's going to throw him the ball out of the backfield. Oh, man. Yeah. Come on. There Come was on, another Texans. rumor. There was another rumor. It was another really cool. Oh, I think the Rams are poking around at that too at uh, Saquon. So any one of those guys, oh, please. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There's another team that would actually unleash him a little bit, right? Insane. I mean, I think with Christian McCaffrey's success, doesn't there have to be some teams out there that's like, let's kick the tires on actually adding a featured running back to this team instead of just going with whatever guy we have? You know, I I just think there's some teams out there that could really use a Saquon type player. I don't know. A lot of those other guys you listed off, 
they sound a little washed to me, but yeah, in a in a weak rookie class, maybe they'll get a little more uh little more leeway to to make a starting roster on one of these better teams. than these guys and you can pay these guys in how and and, and one-year-old halloween candy so that's the <laughs> running back going rate right now all right well that is it for tonight uh if you like this podcast be sure to rate review and subscribe and be sure to refer a friend and we are on youtube now check out um, the youtube subscribe like the youtubes and i appreciate andrew YouTube. getting on here making these slides for us so we look good on youtube uh shout out to my i got my my high school uh football shirt on uh, not my high school but the, the high school that i work at oh there we go little Both soccer us. mls season here that's right representing so um yeah appreciate you joining with me man and doing this this has been really fun this off season uh i do swear that the rippy brothers do this podcast it's just you know they're just they're taking a month off here letting us do it we haven't driven it into the ground yet though andrew we got to get them back. I mean, especially for the YouTubes, as, as you're saying it, the, the combines right around the corner. And I know Steve wants to put up another combine post. I'm sure of it. All right. Well, we'll see if they want to join for that. I know Casey's been working hard. He's got like a brick wall behind him that he's very, <laughs> he's very excited about. So yeah, let's get Casey back on the pod as well. Uh, all right, Andrew. Thanks so much, man. Have a good night. Peace. Yep. Adios. Adios.